What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today's guest, whoo, this is a fantastic one. We have self-aware narcissist and internet personality Lee Hammock on today. Lee is diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder and has been in therapy for three years managing his NPD. And his perspective and encouragement and insight has helped thousands of people, victims of narcissistic abuse and people with narcissistic personality disorder alike. Yeah. Delaney, you did such an incredible job interviewing Dr. Romney. Uh, a few weeks ago. I was so bummed to not be able to be there for that episode, but I listened to it back and it was just, I mean, it's so mind-blowing. And we got so many messages from you listeners after that episode with Dr. Romney about narcissistic personality disorder and that you had so many more questions and things you wanted answered. So we reached out to Lee. He's at Mental Healness on TikTok. He has like over 300,000 followers on TikTok. He's just really blowing up there. And it's truly one of, I think, the most interesting episodes and interesting guests that we've had on. Fascinating, fascinating. And there is a little bit of a disclaimer here. I mean, Lee even talks about it himself that some of these things might be triggering, but they also might be very validating. So just use your best judgment if you're in recovery from a narcissistic relationship. I found it incredibly informative and helpful. Also, Lee makes some references about Delaney with an IE versus Delaney with an EY. That's because his wife's name is Delaney, which was really funny to find out. Yeah, definitely. So here is our interview with Lee Hammock. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. Uh, Today we are joined by Lee Hammock, uh, aka Mental Healness on TikTok. Lee, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on. 
Yes. So excited. I was telling Lee, I got TikTok just to watch his videos. I'm not a TikTok person. And I, I mean, I'm hooked. <laughs> Lee, you have to know, I know you just met Delaney, but that is the highest of compliments. This woman has made it her life's work to just go off the grid and live in a commune yeah, in wow. Central America. Like she really wants nothing to do with social media anymore. And the fact that you like resurrected her from the social hey. media graveyard she's <laughs> up and watching your videos it's pretty amazing yeah. yesterday, yesterday was easter so the, 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 <laughs> he has risen you jesus <laughs> <lady. laughs> um, <laughs> so um our listeners know we did an episode with dr romani um who's a narcissistic personality disorder specialist and a clinical psychologist and we had so many other questions from our listeners. And then I ended up going on my Instagram stories and letting um, my followers there know that we were going to be having you on. And um, I just opened it up to them. Like, what questions do you want us to ask um, Ask you? And we got a ton of them. And I don't know if you – do you ever do like Q&A on TikTok or like go um, live on TikTok? I go live on – like, so I go live on Instagram a little bit more than I do on TikTok. I used to go live on TikTok more. But like as my following has grown on there, it kind of gets like, you know – it went from like me like being on there with like twenty people just going back and forth, getting really intimate with people to it being like three hundred and like and people, <laughs> and, you know, I can't read it as fast. People get like, did you read my question? I was like, I didn't see it. But did you see your question? No, I didn't see it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Sometimes I'll watch um YouTube live videos and they come in so fast on people that it's like, I don't know how anybody can catch a so single question. People but, are yeah. smart with it. People are people are getting smarter with it because the questions I did notice, people are like put emojis like at the beginning oh. and end of it. So you notice that like that would be catchy. Like, what was that? <laughs> so I, I scroll back to find out like what was that? You know, like five words. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a good way, you know. Works. <laughs> yeah. It works. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and just dive into some of the questions that uh my followers on Instagram had for you and uh Answer whatever you're comfortable with. You've been I'm I'm so I think what you do is incredible. Um I you've popped up on my for you page on TikTok and then I just looked at all your stuff and the self I feel like self-aware narcissist is almost an understatement for what you do because I love there's a video where you're like, "Look, I I feel special that I'm the only self-aware narcissist. Like you're <laughs> where you can like go levels deep into the narcissist's tendencies yeah. and be like, look, I, I love that I'm doing this and it does make me feel special. It's I just think it's really cool what you do. Yeah. Um okay, so one of the first questions uh that I got was um, did he know something was different about him before he was diagnosed? So yeah, for so pretty much my entire like life, you like I've always known I was different. I, I didn't like kind of follow the crowds or anything like that. I kind of, I will always fit in, but it wasn't fitting in just to like be there. It was just fitting in just so I could like observe and stuff like that. I was like, hmm, why do people feel this way? You know, I and I knew like, even as a like 10, 11, 12 year old boy, I knew that like normal people didn't think like this. Like, this doesn't seem normal to me, you know? So I would do whatever I need. I do. I would do whatever I needed to do to be able to fit in and things like that. So I always knew I was like different and kind of. I wouldn't necessarily say off, but because I'm, I'm, I'm smart. You know, I'm. I would say you know he's different because he's over there stupid. You know, I'm smart and educated right. and whatnot, so I can talk and I can blend in with anybody. But I always knew 
that something was, I didn't know anything was wrong with me, but I just thought I was different. I was just like, this is, this doesn't feel normal, you know? And like, even mm-hmm. kind of growing up into my like uh, teens and my, my, my like teenage years and my early adult years and things like that, I always like, I was always kind of jealous of people. Like, how do you like, I would see like love stories and like, how, how do you feel that way? What makes you feel this way about this person? And you know, I would just be so observative about stuff like that. Like I used to read like Cosmo magazine. I used to take Co- Cosmo into the bathroom and just read it. Like, so this is how you love, you know. I've been sitting on the toilet like for oh, hours. Oh, like, interesting. Are you, like, are you still in there? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sick. You know, I'm in there. I'm Cosmo. learning how to love. Goddamn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I'm in here reading Cosmo and whatnot, trying to like, you know, like because uh, Cosmo is like is generally viewed as a women's magazine, so you don't want to be caught reading Cosmo. Like, hey, you're reading Cosmo, guys. You know, right? Because I'm, I'm in the bathroom reading Cosmo. Learn trying to learn how what what do women like like how do I, I like how do I get women to fall in love with me do I need to be funny do I need to be uh, attractive do I need money like what what does it take you know okay. I used to always read stuff like that. I used to go through like I literally I don't, I didn't have a subscription to it but I I used to go to like Food Line and stuff like that and just you know <clears throat> take my uh, my dad's child support money my mama used to give to me <laughs> and go buy Cosmo magazines like you know, you know? Right. wow it sounds, it sounds weird but I used to I used to do that all the time I just like. I didn't think it was different. I, I I thought Cosmo was weird for a, a man to be reading. You know, I was just like, this is like in the, the 90s. And I was yeah. like, I mean, there's just. <laughs> Flip it through. I'm the, yeah, I'm in the bathroom scrolling, you know. <laughs> but right. I, I, I always knew something was different, but I could never put my finger on it. You know, like I didn't know there was a word or any kind of descriptive anything for what I what was going on inside my brain until, you know, adulthood, until my, until my 30s, which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the particular moment that you decided you wanted to go to therapy and try to figure out what was going on? So I was I wouldn't say there was like one particular moment in general. Mm -hmm. I would say Mm -hmm. it was like an accumulation of things. It was like it wasn't just like my wife leaving. I need to go to therapy. It's like because I've had had people leave me before. You know, I was like I've always felt like, well, you can leave. You are replaceable. Like. You can, mm-hmm. you know, when she left the first time, I was like, you know, she's like, I'm just going to leave. I'm like, well, you can leave. You know, I can replace you. Like, it's not, it's nothing like, it's not that serious. Like, you know, people come yeah. and go out of my life. And so like, I was all kind of crazy talk. You know how it goes. Um, but it's just kind of like, it's the fact that she, when she was leaving, she's like, it's so damn hard to live with a narcissist. I was like, huh? You know? Oh, wow. And we're, and, you know, I'm so analytical and logical, my, the way my brain thinks. I was like, and uh, the the word narcissist in my in my mind just meant like somebody was full of themselves and like too over overly confident and just full of themselves. I've heard that a, a bunch of times in my life. So I was just like, I'm like, I'm a narcissist. Like I'm actually a very helpful and kind and giving person. You're a narcissist. Like you take like you take hours to get ready. I'm ready to go in five minutes. Like the <laughs> <laughs> right. so who. who who is the narcissist here? You know, so it was kind of going back and forth with her on that, and then she just like slammed the door and left. So when she left, you know, I'm like, I'm like, getting, I'm about trying to download Tinder, like, you know, I'm about to move on quick. You know, I, I do, you know, I can do me. <laughs> I'm gonna show her how easily replaced she is. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> but I, I, I got the thing, and I was like, why the hell did she call me that in particular? Like, she could have called me uh, so many. She could, she could have called me a. Uh, uh, a plethora of different words and things like that. I like, why did she choose that word in particular? You know? Mm-hmm. So I got curious. I got on Google, you know, how Google like autofill stuff. Now I was like, I started typing in narcissist and it's like, it's like field personality disorder. I was like, huh? Like, what is this? 
So I hit enter on it, and then like it just kind of opened up my world of you know of wow. what it was, what's going on with like what what was going on. I started reading. I was like, so person, I did this order. Like, what is this stuff? And I started start reading into it and getting deeper into it. And like when you read stuff like that, and like I said, I've always known I was different. So you start reading things like that, and it kind of like clicks. You're like, oh. That's why, but it hurts at the same time because it's like, it's bad. You know, it's not good mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, oh, da-. I said, damn, well, this makes so much sense. It's just kind of overwhelming because you kind of start to think about, like, you don't necessarily self-reflect, but you kind of think about all the, the moments in your life where you've been manipulative and, like, uh, very low empathy. Like, damn, I could have, I, I was supposed to cry that moment. I didn't cry. I didn't really care, you know? It's like, it didn't affect me, really. I mean, my, my life was going to move on in the moment. So you start to think like that. You start to like feel, and then you get into it, and you know, you, you why you kind of think I don't like being emotional and stuff like that. So I'm processing all this. I'm like, ah, I'm fighting the emotions. Yeah. I'm like, let me text her while I'm in this, this peak, this peak emotion. I'm like, look, I looked it up. I am a narcissist. It's not you. I'm like, please come home. I'll go to therapy. Blah blah blah. This, you know. And so she came home. Uh, she came home before I went to therapy. Which I was. If y'all are listening to this, do not accept them back until they go to therapy um because i did not go to therapy until after she came back you know because like if you accept somebody back before they go to therapy then there's no you mean you are you so if you accept me back before i go to therapy then you are taking me who i as who i am who i was before i've not made i've not made any different changes like i'm still the same person i was when you left that you left me for like i haven't made any different changes i just made a different promise so i was like she came home, and then a few months later, I, mean, I didn't go to therapy. And a few months later, she's like, "What happened to therapy?" <laughs> we got two arguments. Like, "What happened to this therapy thing?" I was like, "Huh?" You know, <laughs> I forgot about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like therapy for you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <For laughs> <you. laughs> oh, so, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Just before, I, did you intend? Did you truly intend on going to therapy when you were first texting her about it, or was that I, in your moment manipulative? It's mo- it in the moment manipulative, yeah. Oh, interesting. It okay. It yeah, it wasn't intent to go. To, I mean, in the, in the moment, I think I meant it, but I wasn't like intending on following through. Or, like, I need to mean this. Like, in my brain, I was like, you need to go to therapy. I was talking, I was talking to myself, like, go to therapy. You're like, okay, cool. And then, like, that's how you get it back home. Like, therapy works. Like, therapy is like, you know, if I say yeah. therapy, then people like accept it. People like, like, you're going to therapy. Like, this different. You're already taking the first step. The first step is go is saying you're going to therapy. It's not going to therapy, you know. So. <laughs> right. That's so fascinating because Dr. Romani said basically, if you find out somebody is a narcissist or has NPD, don't tell them. Don't don't yeah. talk to them about it. Don't confront them about it. So, do you have a different opinion on that? Because it sounds like that moment really impacted you and led to therapy, which so, led to you changing things, right? No. I would agree with her on most on most cases. You can you can't because like narcissism is so prevalent in today's society that it's it's like a derogatory term. You know, it's like you're a narcissist. It's like the bad word. It's like a cuss word now. You know what I mean? It's like you know, it's like the the, the next cuss word. Like bitch, shit, fuck. You know, nar- <laughs> right. right behind there. So if you call somebody a narcissist, you pretty much calling them like a. It's so most like men are mostly narcissists. You know, what I mean? the the statistics show that most, like, not most men, but mostly, like, that most narcissists are men. Most, most narcissists are men. Yeah, that's okay. where it mm-hmm. so it's like the the male version of calling somebody a, a bitch. You know, 
you admit, like, you're a narcissist. Like, whoa, that hurts more, you know? So, right. So it's, a, it's kind of a derogatory term right now. So I wouldn't suggest calling them that because, like, everybody, like, not it, most people have heard of narcissism and, like, it's painted in such a bad light, which is deserved, you know, that it's a derogatory term. So people are going to take it, like, any true narcissist is going to take that as a slight, as criticism, as, like, a, you know, as a hateful word to them and they're going to attack they, they're going to I attack you know <laughs> you know yeah um, they're going to take it as an attack on them a, a personal attack on them so i would i mean i definitely would suggest not telling them that to the to their face you know they kind of have to discover it on that right like, i don't think i would have discovered it if she wouldn't have said it but i'm not like super i'm not a, I'm a physically abusive person like you know like you kind of know who your narcissist is i mean even though you don't really know them technically you know they're you know if they will hit you or not like i've been with this person 20 years they ain't gonna hit me you know they're gonna talk some they're gonna talk some shit to me but they ain't gonna hit me so you know but like if they've been beating on you and you want to call them a narcissist they might hit you so i like it's always i was like it's always circumstantial um in that retrospect right there because like you kind of know that person like this person is like it's a covert narcissist he's gonna yell at me and belittle me and call me a narcissist but like he's gonna hear what i say as opposed to this person is going to fucking smack me if I call him a narc. If I say something mean to him that he doesn't understand, he, can't, he takes it as a slight, he's going to hit me. So it's all, you know, you can't really tell him. Like, and people ask me that all the time on TikTok and stuff. Like, how do I tell my my ex-boy, my, my, my husband, he's a narcissist? How do I tell him? Like, I got a message the other day on Instagram, like, which is the, the message I love to get. She was like, my, my husband, like, found out he was a narcissist. I'm like, did you tell him? She's like, no, he was like, literally he got on TikTok and like you popped up on his page. And like, wow. he, he bought my phone, to, he bought the phone to me. He was like, had tears in his face. Like, I'm not alone. You know, he's like, I'm not alone. Oh, in the world. Wow. And like, I'm like, see, I get, I get chill bumps thinking about stuff like that. Oh, you know? yeah. He said, he said, I'm not alone in the world. So I was like, no, he wants to go to therapy and stuff like that. And that's the, that was the main point of me starting my page anyway, was to get more men into therapy regardless. You know, and the fact that he saw it on his own, it was just kind of like, I was like, yay, you know. My wow. God, yeah. That's that, awesome. The impact that you must be having on people. On all ends, is, too. Really, on yeah. leaving relationships and people who have NPD who are getting in therapy. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. I get it, yeah, I get it from both sides of it. You know, I get I get it from both ends of the of the spectrum, which I, which I wasn't intending, you know what I mean? Because, like, I'm... I'm self-absorbed. Yeah, I don't, like the outside opinion don't really don't really matter to me. So when I was starting my TikTok, <laughs> I was just like, you know, I'm going to be the the main reason people get into therapy. You know, that's my main reason for starting. Like you go back and look at my first video, and I was just like, hello guys, my name because my first name is Demon. My name is Demon Lee. So oh, okay. I say, hey guys, my name is Demon, and I do have a mental illness. It's called narcissistic personality disorder, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I wanted that to resonate with people who might have what I have. You know, it wasn't intended to like. Uh, somebody a victim to hear like a victim or a survivor to hear and just be like oh my god that makes so so much sense to me it was, that was not the intent and it's kind of manifested itself into that you know I was like huh you know yeah. I was like Wait, what happened because you know, I've been so calculated with my TikTok and stuff like that though because like I have two TikToks so you probably don't know but I definitely have two TikTok accounts you know yeah. one of them is like geared towards just me being me me being funny and just just outgoing and stuff like that, just kind of making jokes and stuff like that. And I started that account January of 2020. And I didn't start my, my mental health one until May of 2020, just because I knew people, when I started my mental health account, people were going to say, you're just doing this for clout. And I was like, I have another page that's bigger than this one, actually, you know, 
Because that page, that uh-huh. page, that TikTok page has 219,000 people on it, you know? Wow. So, so both of yours have a lot of followers. Yeah. I was, I was always just trying to, when people were trying to doubt me, I was like, I don't, uh, you're doing this for clout. I was like, I would screenshot that page and like, Actually, I have this page right here too. This yeah, my mental health page now has like a hundred and fifty thousand more, so I can't use that page anymore. You know, but <laughs> right. now now I'm just like fighting. You know, my- <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't work as much anymore. So, but it's still yeah. I think people kind of get. I mean, there's still detractors and people who do think I'm lying and stuff like that. But what is saying? What? Those comments bother me more than the good. I, I love the good comments, of course. I'm like, yay, good, 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 bad. I'm like, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. Why is this bad comment here? Like, what did I do? You know, I'm trying to figure out how to get this to be, how, to, how do I get this to be a good comment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and my, and my therapist said that. She's like, you, you, sometimes you just can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't? Like, really? Like, what if I tried really hard, you know? And then she was like, and that's what, and it's like, now you're going to the other side of the spectrum when people try to convince their narcissists that they are narcissists. Like, you can't do it. Like, right. You can't agree. Like, okay, I got right. you. I don't um, want to hear it. Yeah, I don't want to hear it, but like, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I want to go back to, so you were saying that a few months later, your, um, is it your wife? Yes. Your wife. Okay. Your wife was like, hey, what, so what happened to therapy? And you're like, oh, I forgot about it. Um, what happened then? Oh, so I think did she see this is 2017. So I I think she ended up leaving again. And I actually had to go to therapy before she came back. Oh, I, think okay. mm-hmm. I think this is what happened. But I ended up going I ended up going to therapy that year in 2017 and going to see a therapist and things like that. You mean people that's what what's one of the main things. It was so hard for me to find a therapist. Like, how the hell are you like I remember asking her, like, how the hell do you find a therapist? Like, do I just walk around downtown Greensboro or dorm? I'm like, what do I do? You know? <laughs> um, Stand so on a crate outside. I need, I need a therapist. Find <laughs> <laughs> up, like, ther- point in the direction of a therapist, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, just like, in my, in my community, like, the black community, like, if you go get help or seek help or something like that, it's kind of frowned upon. It's like, you kind of look, you kind of viewed as a weaker person. Like you're crazy. You know, you, he needs, he's in therapy. They don't listen to this guy. You know what I mean? So you don't want to mm-hmm. blurt, it, blurt it out loud. You're going to therapy, you know? Um, so I got on psychology today and just, just put in narcissistic personality disorder. And I just found, you know, I went through scrolling through therapists, whatever. And I sent, I sent messages to a few of them. I'm like, Hey, I'm pretty sure I have narcissistic personality disorder. What can I do? Like, can I come? What? How do I set this up? You know, how do mm-hmm. I set this up? And I remember asking one of my friends too, because like, I sent her a message on Twitter. I was like, "Do you think I'm a narcissist?" And then she was like, "I expected her to just say no." She was like, "Yes." <laughs> one of my oh. friends said it. She was wow. like, "She was like, uh, yeah," but I don't think she knew the person. I did this order, but she was just she was just going based on the, the definition of narcissism, the overall definition. But she's like, "Uh, yeah, you definitely can be self centered because you know." It just so happened like a few years before that I had lost like a hundred pounds and I was just like, you know, on this self betterment journey anyway. And she was like, you kind of started running over people and you start being more outwardly with, you know, your, with your aggression and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, you know, I shared that message on Twitter like a while ago. I didn't reshare it just to show people. Um, yeah. But um, I just remember that and I was like, damn it, you know. I did, definitely need to go. You know, I went to therapy or whatever. I just remember sitting in the therapist chair and like boo crying the first time. She's like, "So what are you doing here at thirty one years old? Thirty one years old." I'm like, "You know what? I was just ah. oh. crying, you know." Yeah. 
And yeah. she's like, she's like, I just I got online and saw the personality disorder that people say you can't love, you can't care for people. And he's like, I just don't that this existence seems mean, meaningless to me. Like, what's the hell is the point of living if you can't love and care about people? It's like you can love and care about people, but you just have to do it in your own way, you know? Like what right. a love like and that's why I always when people always ask me on TikTok and you know, Instagram and stuff, like, can you love? What is love to you? You know, can, I heard narcissists cannot love. You know, I was like, what is love to you? Like, what does love mean to you? Because like, I actually posted a video like this yesterday because somebody just got on my, like, because I responded to a comment that said something and they're like, you just don't understand because you can't love. It's like a direct attack to me. I was like, huh? And I was like, if love keeps you bound to a person that's destroying your life, then I don't want to be able to love. You know, like, that's not what I want love to be. Like, love is not like holding on to a person that's hurting you and destroying you. Like, so if that's love, then I don't have it. You know, that's not, that's not the type of love that I have in me, you know? Right. And right. I just go from there with it because I always ask the question with the question, you know. Because I'm about, like, I don't know if y'all know, I'm about to be on like the the doctors. I have a. Uh, Are you? Oh, that's awesome! Congrats. Congratulations! That's really cool. Yeah, that's gonna be on uh, May May the sixth. I'm about to be on the doctors, and they asked me that on the doctors. You know, there's like, can a narcissist love? And I just get yeah, like, so what is like? It's kind of subjective to the person. Love is not so one one definitive one definitive definition. You know, right? So like by the normal definition of love, like I feel like narcissistic love is like conditional. Like I will give you all the love in the world until you break one of these conditions that you might not know I have set. And once you break those conditions, the love is like, mm, take my love away from you. And you know, and that's, that's where the, the breadcrumbing comes in. Like, you know what? I'm gonna give you a chance to earn it back. Like trickle these breadcrumbs to you. And like, I give you such, such little appreciation of love and let like, you eat that up. And like, people eat it up so much. Like they've been destroyed so much that they eat that little bit of love that I give them back. They eat it up. And they accept that, like, this is su- such a little amount of love. Like, it doesn't make any kind of sense. Like, I've been doing, like, consultations with people, um, dealing with pers- dealing with this personality disorder, trying to get in my perspective. And, like, I've, I've actually spoken to therapists. Like, therapists, uh, like, want to talk to me. You know, I've talked to them, mm-hmm. and they're like, I didn't never, like, a therapist, like, I've never thought about it from that direction. Like, that empowered me to think about it. Like, they're like, yeah, like, because, you know, I'm all about power and control. So I've kind of manipulated my mind into learning how, you know, people can take their power back. Like, how do I take my power back for somebody who destroyed me? I was like, step one, this, you know, walking yeah. in your power, you know, love yourself. The, the definition of love you have, apply that to yourself. It's not to this person, you know, <laughs> because yeah. it, it, it's crazy. You know, I, I, I see some stuff like that. I just like, you know. And like the the low empathy, it, it kicks in a lot of times. Like, why do you think like this? You know, I'm like, why? You know, this for, I'm like, why, why, why? Just leave me. Cheated twenty times, and then they were like, and I just like I had to kind of put myself in those shoes. I'm like, okay, let me think. You know, yeah. How would I do this? Like, if I was in your situation, how would I get out of this? You know, and it, it just helps. You know, yeah. Like, that's so what I like. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, how, how has down. therapy changed your way of thinking? Like, I think uh, on one of your videos, you kind of talked about like your narcissistic personality disorder isn't cured or gone, but you yeah. have the ability to make different choices now. Can you walk us through what a new thought process looks like for you after having therapy? So I think one of the main, one of the main differences is like how I respond to my, my family, you know, cause like even my oldest son, he's about to be 13 uh, next month. He said to me a couple months ago, he was just like, yeah, cause my, my youngest son, he was like four, you know, he's like just at the table doing silly stuff. I'm just like, 
you know, I just want, I just, you know, I just felt the, it's just the littlest stuff. I can I just feel it bubbling up. I was like, I'm about to yell at this little man. He about to get the yelling of his life, you know? And he said, my, my youngest son said something so smart to me in, in disrespect, but I was about to yell and scream at him. I was like, I was like, boy, you don't know who the hell I am, do you? I'm like, you about to get this. I'm, like, I'm about to say some rude shit to you. I said it out loud. And my oldest son was like, I don't think you're going to do that, dad, because like you don't yell, you don't yell and scream as much as you used to. And that is like, you know, that kind of touched my heart. It was like, and it hurt, and it, you know, stuff like that kind of hurts. Especially when I'm talking, uh, when I talk about it in the therapy, because like, he's, you know, hold on. Y'all about to get me getting emotional on this shit. Ah! It's okay. Ah! We we let cry on here all the time. You can all the time. It's fine. Please for crying. I'm not going to cry now. Because narcissists can't feel, can they? You know? <laughs> it's okay. Well, you're it's okay. <laughs> this is a very, very it's safe space here. It gets yeah. on my nerves the fact that like he had to grow up through, you know, seven, eight years of me being like a, a raging, crazy ass narcissist, you know, undeveloped, untherapy, you know. And it gets my nerves, like, and my therapist, she said, you have, you kind of have to come to terms with it, like, with the fact that you, you've going to, you're going to be a different person through all three of your kids, like, lives. Like, the first kid, you know, he got the, probably got the worst version of you, but he's going to end up seeing the best version of you. The youngest one, you I mean, the middle son, like, he got, you know, he got the, you know, I've been in therapy. You know, I started, th- I thought it was therapy when he was born, you know, because, like, I, I, forgot, I, forgot, I forgot to mention this, like, when my wife told me I was a narcissist, like, she came home early from work and I was yelling like at the top of my lungs, top of my lungs at my six, seven month old son. And I was just yelling at him, you know, just screaming at him, like, shut the fuck up, you know, I'm just yelling. So I forgot to add, I forgot to add that part, you know. So he see, he kind of gets the the middle, the middle level narcissist, you know. And then my daughter, you know, she's like just born. She's only two months old now. So she's gonna get the best version of me. And I'm like, it kind of gets on my nerves that like she's gonna get the best version of me, but my oldest son could have got the best version of me, you know. But it bugs me, you know, but my therapist said, you got to kind of, you, you, I mean, this one of the things she kind of helps me work on, like, you got to learn how to forgive yourself, you know, because there's a different part of you. That's different. That person is like, he's not dead and gone because he's still in there because I will rage and scream out, but like, he's more under control. Like you, your, your triggers are under control and stuff like that. You, you kind of learn to let stuff out before it gets to the point where you feel like you got to, like, it's, you know, I think one of my, one of the main things that I used to rage out about is like, when I felt unheard, like when people, I felt unheard and un- unappreciated. And I would just start like, you get to the point where like, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna scream at these people. You know, I'm gonna yell at these people. I'm gonna punch holes. I'm gonna do everything I need to do. But and she's like, what were you like? Uh, when I would rage out, she's like, what were you saying when you were raging out? And I would tell her, she's like, you felt unappreciated and unheard. She's like, I like, yes. She's like, well, while we, while you were raging and screaming, did you feel heard? I like, yeah. <laughs> but did you feel appreciated? I was like, no, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. <laughs> you had one of the needs met. Like, how can you get both of those needs met? Like, by I guess you know, talking before I get to that point, you know. Yeah, it has helped. That has helped. You mean? I think like since my wife left last April and came back like in May, um, I've only had like one rage episode, which I'm, I'm proud of. You know. But it was yeah. a bad rager. It was a bad rager. It was a bad rager, you know. Mm. But sometimes the rage feels good, though. You know, like sometimes, like I think that's why people like my narcissist loves to yell and shout at me because it feels good. Like it's just like it's empowering to yell and scream at somebody. He's like, I just feel like I'm, I just want to punch a hole in the wall now. Like, it feels so powerful, you know. I want to yell and scream and throw shit because I I feel big and powerful now because I'm yelling and screaming. But 
after the rage subsides, you have this like little brief moment of embarrassment. Like, why the hell are I yelling and screaming? Like, why did I do that? But then the other side of your brain, the narcissism kicks in. Like, you, you know why you were yelling and screaming because they got on your nerves. They wouldn't appreciate you. Like, it's, they deserved it, you know? <laughs> right. So kind of, in therapy, it's kind of like fighting yourself. You know, it's kind of like you, you wake up every day and you kind of have a fight with yourself. And like, I've learned like the good side is winning more than the, the, the narcissist side, you know? That's why I would tell people I'm not cured. Like I'm not cured, you know, because it's still it's still there. I would rage out and scream. I would still manipulate people when I need to, and I was still super gaslight people, you know. And that's why people have their guards up on, I guess, on TikTok and Instagram. Like he's a, he's an admitted narcissist, so he has to be gaslighting us. Like, eh, you know, take it for what it is. <laughs> right. Wow. So so interesting. Um. Do you? Do you feel that you had um, a family member growing up, or you grew up in an environment that contributed to you becoming um, somebody with narcissistic personality disorder? So, so my therapist, we kind of went over this, like, because my dad wasn't ever in, like, really in my life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, he wasn't like, he didn't abandon us by any means. I knew him, I saw him here and there, you know. He was, you know, he was more like the adult friend, uh, the cool uncle you saw here once in a while. Like, hey, uncle, you know, but it was your mm-hmm. dad, you know. Mm-hmm. So he didn't appreciate it, give you the love and affection that you needed and crave. And like, no matter how much you did, no matter how hard you tried to get it, you didn't get it. So, you know, and like, I feel like that helped because I don't have, like, I don't have any memories before like age seven. You know, my, my mind kind of keep, I feel like my mind kind of turned on when I was seven years old. And like, the first thing I remember is like, Getting like playing the joke on him and trying to get him to come out and play with us, and he got he ended up coming out outside and like hitting me across the leg, and I just remember that, you know, I just remember like feeling so much pain and anger and whatever, but I didn't cry, you know. I was like, he likes this, I'm not gonna cry. It's seven year old, you remember seven year old? I'm like, I'm not gonna cry. But when he left and he went back upstairs, I was screaming and raging. Out. I remember just being so goddamn mad at that moment. I'm like, you know what? Nobody ever, nobody's ever gonna hurt me again. Like nobody, nobody, nobody ever on this planet will have the ability or power to hurt me ever again, unless I can hurt them, you know? So I think that might've been the key point of where all this came from, you know, because like, I always, always, always wondered, I never had a relationship with him growing up. So I've always wondered like, what the hell, you know, like, why, why did he do that? And why am I like this? You know? So I didn't know, like, did he have a dad? You know, I didn't know. So I got on ancestry.com and got, I kind of got curious. I wanted to fill out, fill out my family tree. Cause I know my grandma and all my uncles and aunts on his side, but like, I never knew like his dad, my, my grandpa, my paternal grandfather. It's like, so who is this dude? And so I got on ancestry.com and I, Actually, found out who he was. I found his name and everything. I'm like, yeah, I got his name. You know, there's no pictures wow. or whatever. Like, I got his name, and the date he died, and everything. Um, I don't know if you know Ancestry.com, but it gives you like, you know, it gives you hints on family mm-hmm. members. Like, here's a hint. So I clicked the hint. It just so happened to be my my grandfather's death certificate. I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, damn, this is super intensive. You know, so I get on there, mm-hmm. I I zoom in. You know. And like it's like uh, date of death, time of death. I'm like, dang, he died on a Monday at five thirty in the morning. I'm like, that sucks. No one I hate. Like, maybe it's hereditary. That I hate Monday mornings at five thirty. Um, <laughs> but then you go to the cause of death, and it says like suicide, it's like small small gunshot wound to the head. I was like, huh? Wow. Wow. So I was kind of like, wait. So this killed himself. So he, he decided to get up at five thirty on a Monday morning, go downstairs with his his wife and three kids in the house, and shoot himself in the head in the bathroom. Oh, 
Because of what? Uh, Was he suffering from depression? You don't know. This is like, what, the 60s, early 70s, you know? So you just, like, could that have called my, caused my dad to have abandonment issues and and not want to be in his kids' lives to the point where he, he can abandon them like his dad abandoned him? Yeah. So that kind of helped with the, not necessarily forgiving process, but kind of taking my taking some of my power back from from him because every time i think about him i used to think about him i used to get mad he used to be angry and you know and stuff like that but now it's kind of like me you, you it is who it is you know so that kind of wow. help that kind of help <laughs> right where it's you know certain things so horrible unforgivable but so fascinating i'm sure for you to see into the past and um try to understand what made your dad your dad and yeah. You know, I'm sure you could keep going. What made your grandpa your grandpa? Like, if you were able to get into your great grandma, you know, it's like, yeah. hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So, um, back to some of uh, the questions. So, um... Would a narcissist prefer to break up with someone so they can avoid the feeling of abandonment or rejection, or would they prefer to push someone to break up with them so they can kind of feel like the victim? Um, I would say both. Sometimes, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it could be both because one person might leave you before you can leave them. Like I can sense because you know I'm, I, I can be very intuitive. When, when my wife's about to leave, I could feel that she's about to leave. I'm like she's not happy. <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to leave her, you know? So if she leaves me, then I have the excuse like, Hey, look, I tried to make it work, but she decided I wasn't good enough. So she, she left me. So this is why I'm with this person over here. You know, I tried, Hey, daddy tried. Like you don't have a two, mm-hmm. two parent household because mama decided to leave that dad, you know? So sorry. Sorry, baby. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. Don't be, don't worry about it. I'm going to help you out. You know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> So that can be the excuse, like, sometimes narcissists will push you to leave them so they can have that upfront-end excuse. Like, I tried my hardest. And she, as you can see, she left. You know, she wasn't happy with my with my attempts to try, so she left me. Um, that can be an excuse, but sometimes people will, like, literally build up, like, their arsenal, like, their like, their bench. And it's like, you know, want to promote somebody to, to start her. Like, you know I'm not happy with this person. So let me leave her at the peak of our relationship because it's all downhill from here at this peak. I'm going to leave her at the peak and start start at another peak with somebody else. I can go uphill. It's kind of like I leave you at this peak. I meet somebody and we're at this peak at the same time. So my relationship with you is going to go downhill, but mine with her, it might go uphill a little bit before it goes downhill. So I can start over and start afresh, you know, 
And it, it could be like a clean break in my brain because it's like just a transference of like level. I'm on the same level with this person I am with you. But now, you know, I can still go up. We've, we've reached our peak. We've reached our peak right here. We can only go down. Cause like, I, there's nothing more I can do, you know. But right here, I can. if I start here, I can go up. I'm going to drop down sooner or later, but then you end up replacing that person. It's like a continuous cycle that I've seen. I've done it before in my life, like my younger years. You know what I mean? I've like left people at the peak of our, at the peak of our relationship and ghosted them and stuff like that for somebody else, you know. Um, <laughs> I did that when I met my wife. <laughs> I posted something yesterday on TikTok about that. Like, um, I went back in the archives of my wife, me and my wife's like, messages on Facebook, and I met her on Facebook in like 2011, like November, and we kind of started dating uh, we started, made it, started officially dating like December 5th of 2011. But December 3rd of 2011, the girl I was, was originally talking to decided to send a uh, December 5th of 2011. She decided to send a, a very hateful message to my wife about me. She wasn't my wife at the time. She's my girlfriend. But like, she was like, uh, I just want you to let you know uh, I've been talking to this dude for eight months. And he's never, ever mentioned you. Uh, he, he mentioned you recently, but he just said y'all wasn't serious or whatever. And now you're his girlfriend. I just need to let you know what type of person he really is and blah, blah, blah. This. Have a good life. I just, want him, I just want him to be happy and happy he found somebody else. And she sent me that message. I remember, she, I remember her sending me that message. And I had a heart dropped. I was like, how do I get out of this? I just yeah. reread the message and I just started picking it apart. I was like... Like you can see at the bottom of the message how jealous she is. She said she she she's so happy I found somebody else, but at the beginning of the message she was pissed off. Like so, how does this make sense? Like she's clearly just jealous of us. Like just block her. I put it on. It's on TikTok now. Uh, wow. It was a couple of days ago. Wow. Yeah. So I you put, in that moment had that panic of like yeah, your heart oh, dropped. Like that. We recently like I was like, huh? I was like this from her? Like damn. I was like what? You know, <laughs> wow! And you just scrambled to try to. And did your wife uh, believe it? Yeah, she believed it. Yeah, the whole like Hoover versus smear campaign, which we talked to about. Delaney, you were um, asking Dr. Romney about it. Um, what differentiates someone being the type of person that you would want to Hoover back after you discard them or are discarded versus? do a smear campaign and feel that you will never be trying to hoover them back in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I feel okay. like sometimes, sometimes like I actually had my ex a similar question like that today on Instagram. I haven't responded to it yet. Um, Cause I was trying to formulate an answer, uh, but I think I got anything on, on the fly. So I think most like, so people have it so ingrained in their head. They're like, every narcissist is going to be the same. It's like a blueprint. Like, you know, every narcissist is going to hoover you some way, shape or form, you know? So if the Hoover, I feel like if the Hoover does not work, like if they cannot get you back into the relationship any way, shape or form, then they will start the smear campaign. It's like, okay, I've tried, you know, I've tried to make one last grand gesture of relationship. Now let's go over here. And, and like, sometimes the smear campaign can be like a, it can be a form of a Hoover. Like if I'm smearing your name, you want me to stop? How do you? How do? You, how else do you get me to stop? You have to reach out to me. Uh. <laughs> so you, you reach out to me. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, uh, Kelsey, like, you want me to stop? Just come sit, come have lunch with me. Let's sit down and talk this thing out. And a lot of times, you know, I get you. <laughs> a lot of times, I get you to sit down and talk to me. Like, he's like, okay, what, where? I just want this to stop. You know. And sit down and talk to you and like the feelings can like because it's always better face to face. That's why a narcissist will always try to get you face to face to talk to you. Like, I don't want to do this over text. 
let's talk. Let's meet in person to talk. You know, can you please stop hoover? Can you please stop smearing me online? Blah, blah, blah. Like, look, I won't do this over text. Meet me at the at the bar, you know, sit down at the bar and talk. And you see my face, it brings back emotions. It's almost impossible not to think have memories of me. Just like the good times, like yeah hey wow. let's talk about let's talk this out now like i know like i got mad like you broke my heart like, i tried to get you back you got mad so like i don't know what to say i love you i still love you i still care about you like so sometimes this american thing can lead to me hoover you back in wow like, yeah kind of that angle of like yeah. i loved you so much and you hurt me so much that it drove me to do this just because yeah. i'm so heartbroken and yeah wow and if, you, and if you take me back guess what this american thing becomes true Wow. Wow. Everything, everything I said about you becomes true because like now, like I, I, everything I've said about you is true because you take me back. Like, oh, they're about together now. So they must have worked through those issues that he was talking about online. Like, so it was true. So Kelsey really did do that, you know? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's it's wow. always next level. This is probably just me, but it's always kind of next level thinking with me. I have to go to the next level. Like, let me take this. Uh, let me have wow. a backup plan. So, you know. Yeah. And, sometimes, and sometimes people, sometimes the smear campaign can be like when somebody like is smearing you to death, like they know they can't get you back. So they just want to destroy your reputation. So nobody else will want you, you know? Mm. So it can also work that way as well. So like, oh. I can't have you. No one else will. But I'm not a violent person. I'm a covert narcissist. So let me do it this way. You know, let right. me, let me destroy you. So nobody else will want you. You're not going to, you, you, you're going you're gonna to replace me. Nah. No, you're not. Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> not today. <laughs> wow. um, oh my gosh. Can you explain the reverse Hoover I saw in one of your videos? What is that? So the reverse Hoover is something like a, like a silent treatment. Like I can give you like after we break up because in the reverse Hoover is just because narcissism is so ingrained in society that you expect to be Hoover. So when you if I do not Hoover you, you like, well, he didn't Hoover me. So is he really a narcissist? Maybe I was wrong. Wait, let me let me reach out to him. And then you reach out to me. So now I got you. Like I didn't have to do I didn't have to do anything. You came back to me. So Dude, you we, are we, a magician. That is some <laughs> mental magic gymnastics. Like again, yeah. So David now Blaine. Yeah, so now when you come back, guess what? You are accepting of the behavior I did before. So there's no forgiveness on your side. You just took me back because in your brain, you convince yourself that I'm not who I thought, who you thought I was based on me being silent. Now, so now I got you. So, so how does that, how does that work with your wife then? Because your, your wife came back to you. You guys are yeah. together. I know it's a little different because you are in therapy. You are self-aware, but yeah. like, how, how do you not take advantage of her kindness and her willingness to have you in her life? So this is the this is the because I get I get this 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 question or form of this question so much like people like because people generally people will ask like because you're like so it works with you and your wife because so does being self aware mean that mean that it works I'm like no it doesn't mean that it works oh, because, like, like people looking for hope like, yeah people people sure. like I was like like look I've been in therapy and diagnosed since 2017 like she left me in 2020 like I've been I've been. I've been aware of who I am for a long time. So has she. She left me in 2020. So you kind of got to put it together like that. It doesn't always work that way, you know. But right. I think it's just the fact that, like, when she left, the last time that she left, it just kind of, like, kicked things. When she came back, it kind of kicked things in motion because, like, she felt like 
he has to want me back because he doesn't necessarily need me. Like he doesn't like I don't need her to cook for me. I don't need her to clean for me. I'm self-sufficient in everything. I can I pay my own bills. I pay all I pay the bills of the house. Like he has to want me back for a reason because like he can move like he, I can move on. You know I can do that. But I just want I want her. You know so I have to make I made the conscientious effort. And we've been to marriage counseling too, so I had to make the conscientious mm-hmm. effort to prove that I want her in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so I like every morning, like my, my marriage counselor said, you have to, what's it called the, the, the three A's, like affectionate, appreciation, and uh, I got the last A. I'll think of it later. <laughs> yeah. I, I got two of the A's down. You know? <laughs> there you go. That's something. Um, so, Dr. Romani, um, in regard to the devaluation phase and the discard phase, Delaney, you um you had asked what triggers the devaluation phase, and Dr. Romney said it's when the narcissist feels that they have somebody, like they have the power. Um, would you agree with that in your experiences in your romantic relationships? What what triggers the devaluation phase for you, or is there a particular thing that does? So it like literally, like I said, remember I said it was it, like love is like narcissist love is conditional. So I feel like it could be triggered by when they have somebody like what she, what she said. Like it could like it could definitely be triggered by someone when they like I got you, you know, I I have you, or it could be triggered by you violating violating one of those conditions of love that I have set forth. You might not know the conditions, but like you, if you violate one of those conditions, then like like I can't love you. Like you're like in my brain, like you're not who I thought you were. So I'm going to treat you as such. Like I remember like. When I first met my wife, we were like, you know, we were just like, you know, hot and heavy, you know, the love bombing and all that other good stuff, hot and heavy and vacationing together, just hanging out together, you know what I mean? And then I remember she told, told me about like um, an experience that she had. And I was like, like, wait, with who? And, she's, and, and I ended up having, I knowing the guy, I was like, huh, you're not who I thought you were, you know? And immediately my mindset changed from that point on. I was like, she's not who I thought she was. So I'm like, so you can be fake. So I'm gonna be fake. I'm gonna treat you as such, you know, and my brain just kind of transfer into like treating her bad, treating her worse. Not like you don't deserve all this love I'm giving you. Let me take it down a notch. Let me pull it down here. Let me pull it down here. You know? And it's just like that. That's what triggered it. Like, it, I feel like you lose your value to that person. Like for through something, through, through violating one of those conditions of the, one of those conditions of love that I have set forth one of, that you don't know about. You don't know the conditions now. Um, mm. By violating one of those conditions, now you since you you violated a condition like you don't deserve as much love as i used to give you so you're not worth as much so your value has lessened <laughs> to me so yeah. now you're being devalued you know because in my brain it's deserved you know, you deserve this devalue you're not, you're not as valuable now so I'm bring you down here well i feel like you deserve you know and it's just how to uh, have my brain. I I, I, I can I remember that moment. I was sitting in the, I was sitting on the bed of the bed. I remember the exact moment. I can tell you the exact moment. I just remember that because I was like, hmm, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it was something that she was just like. Was it something that she even thought was like a high stakes thing? To she was just like sharing a story with you, and she had no idea that that was going to be the thing that you don't, you don't know the conditions. Oh, so you, you're talking freely because you trust me. You love me. You're like this person is unlike anybody I've ever met. So you just sharing your you just sharing your life. And it just so happened that you you sharing your life story got on my nerves. I'm like, oh nah. my gosh! You know? Like playing Minesweeper. Like you're just like clicking around, <laughs> you, you, talking, you the, laughing, having a good bomb, time, yep. and then it's like <laughs> you hit the bomb. Yep, you hit the bomb. <laughs> you the whole board up. <laughs> 
Yep. You don't even know the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious to know, can you spot other narcissists and is it off-putting or is it attractive to you? Do you want to be friends with other narcissists or romantically involved? Can that shit work? (laughs) Romantically, I've dated another narcissist before. um, Work... So I got a taste of my own medicine, so to speak. You know, <laughs> I don't think that can work. You know, because like I feel like I feel like I was trauma bonded. I don't like that. You know, so I don't think that can work. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but spotting other narcissists in my life now, yeah, I can spot them now. I like I have to talk to them and get to know them before I like wait. You got some shit going on. I can feel it. You know, your energy is different. You know, so I, I'll share like just to get them on the level. I'll, I'll share like some darkness with them, and they're like, "Yes!" I'm like, "Gotcha! I knew it! I knew it! I knew it. <laughs> it's like you have like the shining, you yeah. know, where like you I can it. talk. I knew it. You know, like, yeah, I knew it. You know, um, like yeah. a couple it's like, like a metal detector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like one of my, like, so one of my, one of my uh, because like, my friends and family see my videos and stuff now. So they like, they opened up to me a little bit more as well. Cause like people like one of my best friends is like, he, he's like open, like we've had long conversations about this. Like he's openly admitted that he's a narcissist. Like he's like, yeah, I'm 100. Like after watching your videos and stuff like that, I'm 100% a narcissist. Like, I know, you know, and we've kind <laughs> of, like, I know. <laughs> we've, kind of, we've kind of bonded over there. You mean, it's like one of my best friends. I'll go to like one of the people, one of the rare people in this world I'll go to war for, you know, just, you know, He's just like he he like his story. You hear his story. Like he's been he's been created to be the way he is. Like you like can you hold it against him? Yeah, but like that's who how he was raised. That's how he, like, this is this is the this is his defense mechanism. Yeah, and he tries his best, you know. But like that's my that's my man. So I anyway, I, I, I would defend that malignant narcissist to to the end. You know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the um, end of the house, yeah. I get is- I get it. My wife don't like it as much. She like. He is such a narcissist. Like, yeah, but you kind of got to, you know, you got to feel it. You, you don't feel it like I feel it. You know, it's my man's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. um, this is an interesting question that came in. Uh, what made you initially attracted to your partners and was it out of good intent? And I feel like I've never been like the person like, I'm going to just get her and ghost her. You know what I mean? I've always been like, like I said, I used to read Cosmo magazine. I used to watch Disney movies. So I wanted, to, I always wanted to be a Disney prince. You know, I always, I want that. You know, I was like, I want to be the person to sweep you off of your feet. You know, so that's what you learn. Like I feel like people are like narcissists are so manipulative. Like I learned it from Disney. Y'all watching Disney movies want to be the princess, so I want to be the prince. <laughs> and then like that's how it happens. And like it's so like you like you watch Aladdin, you watch like Frozen and stuff like that. You like you watch those movies and uh, and you like. You want to be the princess. You're like, I'm gonna be honest so bad, you know. And you get instead of Kristoff, you end up with Hans, you know. Because <laughs> Hans <laughs> Hans had a first, you know, Hans, is they get crazy. We finish each other their sandwiches. Yeah, you know. Hans, <laughs> you know, Hans was a damn narcissist. Like you watch the watch the movie, you watch, watch Frozen with Hans as a narcissist in your brain, you're like, damn, he is. You like it's like crazy. Hans was live from Hans was live from the jump. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know, like it's I've always like it's to me like some people can because could it be true for some people? Yeah, it could be out of ill intent. But like to me, it's like never been out of ill intent. It's like literally, I want to you know be with this person. I want to make I want to make this person happy. I like I want to get this person everything. And like, but I'm not a damn Disney prince. So once that once I get like you, I I can't hold this up for too long. Like, oh, I can't do this, you know. And then when you stop doing it, <laughs> you're like, hey, 
you're not the person I met. I'm like, I am the person you met. I was just, I was trying to get you, you know, now you're mm-hmm. here. So this mm-hmm. is who I really am. You, you like it? You still like me? Right. Uh, I don't know. You stay, you end up staying trying to get that person back. You try, you stay because you're trying to get the Disney Prince back. Like the Disney Prince wasn't necessarily there, you know. Mm-hmm. I read that. I learned how to be that. Yeah. I developed, I developed him. Wow. And then you blame, I can blame you for thinking that. It's like, that isn't real. Like, this stuff isn't real. Like, I was sweeping you off your feet. This is a person, this is men are supposed to do. Like, you know, Aladdin did this. Aladdin lied to Jasmine. They end up happily ever after, you know? <laughs> Aladdin so did true. lie to Jasmine pretty so fucking hard. <laughs> Aladdin he was. Not, was, he was not going to tell the truth. Aladdin would have never told the truth. All that stuff wouldn't happen to him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a point in him telling that. It was no point in Aladdin telling the truth until everything started falling apart, like me. Everything like, my life falling apart. Let me go to, let me go to the, the, the genie for therapy. You know, genie's like, look. <laughs> Like, be real. You gotta be real with her, man. Be real with her. She, she looks the real you. <laughs> and in the, in the narcissist's brain, she cannot. She can't love Aladdin. She can only love the person. She can only love Prince Aladdin or Prince uh, whatever her name was Prince, whatever his fake persona was. That's the only person she can love. Oh, Prince like, Ali. Yeah, Prince Ali. Yeah, Ali. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. She can. She can't love Aladdin for himself. Like, yeah. why would she love a street urchin or whatever, a street thief? Like, but she right. loved the prince, you know. So that's how I felt. I'm like, why? Why would she love this this this, this street urchin? Like, why she can't? Why, why would she love me at this point? She loved this person. Yeah. She, yeah so mm. it kind of gets kind of confusing. It's like deeper, you know. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex Declare knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go, look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is so interesting. And thank you to um, my followers on Instagram for submitting such great questions. Um, And Delaney, do you have any other questions? Oh, God. I have 5,000 questions. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like, um, I guess this one... Can you share some examples on how a narcissist might isolate you from your friends or family? What kind of things might they say to influence influence you in that way? Uh, why are you sharing everything? Like, why are you telling your friends about our relationship? Mm-hmm. Your friends don't need to know about what's going going on inside of our house. Like, kind of keep that in between us. So you start you start wanting to be less around your friends and start sharing with your friends less. Then, like, or like, let's move across the country. Let's move over here. Let's go. Like, quit that job that you need. You know. Now you like if you quit your job that you love and need to be a stay-at-home mom or you know sometimes it happens like you stay-at-home husband or stay-at-home man like now you financially dependent on me so now you under my thumb like you can't do anything without my say so. Um, mm. The isolation, especially with the family members. I did. I think they did a video on this recently. Like 
like, don't tell your mom and dad. Your mom and dad do not like me, so I don't want to be around them. So if they have an event, do not invite me to the event because I don't like going places where I'm not liked, where I'm not appreciated. So when you get ready to leave to that event, like, have fun, leave me by yourself, by myself. So now you don't want to go to the family's event. Now you spend time with me, like, so people stop inviting you to stuff. Like, well, Delaney doesn't show up ever, so why would we invite her? Like, I'm not going to invite Delaney anymore for her to say no. And it's happening. Mm-hmm. Delaney doesn't have any time with her mom and dad now. Now you're by yourself. Now you're with me, Delaney. Now we're now we're besties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, can you share how social media become like a stage for us after a discard? And why is that? What is this thing oh, yeah. called social media? Showtime. Because it's used to, it can, <laughs> it can Jazz be, yeah, it can be, yeah, it can be used to 100% hurt you. That's why I tell people like, you need to don't watch the, if you get broke, if you get discarded or whatever, do not watch the social media because it's literally showtime. Like, mm-hmm. hey guys, I met this girl. She's the love of my life. Like, I know I've been through some terrible relationships in my past. Like, that's all aimed to hurt you. Like, who the hell else would read that and feel some type of way other than you? You know, I'm the happy, I'm, I'm the happiest I ever like eat instead of laying with a guy. Yeah. Something like that is meant to hurt you. You know what I mean? <laughs> For you know what sure, mean? yeah. Wow. Like here to hurt you. It's like showtime. I'm gonna put on. A, I'm gonna put on the most spectacular show to show you that I'm doing better without you. Not that I'm doing well. I'm gonna be doing better without you. And it's all geared to hurt you. They're like, don't watch the social media because it's going to hurt you. Like, you're gonna go. You're gonna go looking for. You're gonna go looking for pain. And you're gonna find it. You're like, yeah. how did he move on? Three days after we broke up, like that person was already in the picture. Like, there's no, I, I can't go get a girlfriend right now. Three days later, like, baby, we done. Get on Tinder and find, I can't do that right now. So this person's already around, you know. That person's already in the wings waiting, or already, you know, that person's already there. They didn't just move on one week later. That person was already in the picture. I, I, I feel like people think like they moved on so fast. Like that person's already there. It's, it's not as fast as it seems when you like look at it from the, where you peel back the layers. Like, wait. They've been talking for six months. So it makes sense on the other person's end. Like, we've been together for six months. On your end, like, they've only been together for two weeks online, you know? So it looks fast, oh. but it's not really as fast. So there's layers. People have the layers like an onion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So there was another thing on your one of your videos that says, like, a narcissist will never forget you. What does that mean? Like, if, if you've been discarded by somebody that was your narcissistic supply, will you always kind of want to seek revenge? And will you act on that? Like, how does that shit work? <laughs> so, with me, like, I would think, like, I don't think I would ever forget the people who hurt me, you know? Like, it's just like, I don't I just want to hurt you some way, shape, or form. Like, my, not physically. I'm not, I'm not physically abusive. You know, like, like, mentally, I just want to get into your brain one time, you know? <laughs> One time, if I gotta be on TV, your favorite TV show or something like that, <laughs> you, can, you, you can watch TV with your new husband and new family, or whatever. You eat snacks, and you, <laughs> you know, you see me pop on your TV show. I just, I, even though I won't see you feel it, I'll know you feel it. You know, it's just like knowing, uh, <laughs> knowing right. helps. Really. Knowing, knowing, definitely. <laughs> 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 no, knowing helps. You know, yeah. <laughs> wow. Knowing you, definitely else. Yeah. Do you feel that um, – because you're saying there's pretty much always somebody kind of like waiting in the wings um, when a discard happens. Like you were talking about, okay, well, we've reached 
this peak here with this person, yeah. but maybe there's a little bit more mileage left here. Yeah. Um, does a narcissist ever discard with the intent of potentially trying to like pick it back up at a different time? Or like, do you, are you guys thinking that far ahead or in the moment? Are you just like, I'm kind of done with this. I'm going to see what this is. Is that, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, I feel like it, it could be a little bit of both because like mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll see like a narcissist break up with somebody and then circle back to them. Like keep, they'll keep, they'll keep them on a the hook. Just like, why did I leave? Like, why did I leave Delaney for Kelsey? Like, I just don't like, <laughs> and I'm like, why did I, why That's did I, right. <laughs> like, we, we, we had such a good relationship. Like, why not? I'm just so stupid. You know, just like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, have you moved on yet? Like, I don't know. Just, just ignore me. You know, it's just stupid stuff like that to keep you on the hook. Like, oh. to keep you from, just to keep you from moving on. Like, like, especially if, you, if they don't give you closure, like people, people want, people crave closure so much. If I don't give you closure, then the relationship is not officially closed. Like I can move on with this person over here, but we didn't, we, you never got closure. So you're like, wait, how long does, like, I get people ask me all the time, like how long does the love bombing stage last with the other, with the next supply? Like it could be, it could be forever. You just never know. Like, just don't worry about it. Like, please move on. I know it's not that easy, but you know, it's just like, it could be a very long time, but like if they never offer you closure and want to remain good friends with you after abandoning you like viciously, they are intending to keep you on the hook just in case the other relationship doesn't pan out. They can just circle back to what they know. Cause like once you in like, once you in strange territories of being single and if we just have, if I happen to get discarded, like I go back to what I know. Like mm. I know you, like we were, we were good together, weren't we? Like, let's, come on, let's do this. You know? Even you if never, you've already discarded that person in the past, yeah, because yeah. some some people are so still still so emotionally attached, they will take me back, open arms. Ah, I will could I will convince like sometimes you you convince them that it's their fault, like we didn't work out, like well if you didn't like this person does this and does this and does this, and then now it's kind of make you compete with them, like now you now you trying to do this on your end, like well I can do this better, I can go to the gym, I can go, you know, I can go back to school, I can get educated, you know, now you're competing with the new supply to be better than the new supply. So if I ever leave that person, like I'm I hey, I did everything you said, everything you said I should do. Now I go back to you. So now we have a new now we have a new peak. Now our peak is raised, you know, like now you now you're the person I wanted you to be. And a little while later, like, uh, it's guarded again, you know. <laughs> it's just get to a See, point. That, that's so fascinating to me that uh you were talking about that conversation with your wife where she opened up to you and you went into that devaluation phase. Yeah. Because she wasn't who you thought she was. Yeah. So that's interesting to me that you can see her so differently and then to the point of potentially like discarding, but then how, like, how does your mind then get back to a place of valuing her enough to want to be with her still after you've devalued her? Does that make sense? Sometimes it's going to be just time. And then Mm. sometimes you kind of, you kind of can see the potential in this person. Like you kind of go to this internal battle with yourself. Like, is it really that serious? You know, like it's like this is way before you. Like this person didn't know you existed. Like, all right, it's not. It's kind of like the like the existence crisis I go through with my head like every day. Like, is it worth it? Can we make this work? Like, can you get past this? Like, can I? Uh, it's like a battle. It's like literally, it's the battle every day. Like decision. Like, I feel, I feel like this, this therapy has helped me with the most. Like decision making and impulse control more than anything. You know, yeah. But like. 
I don't let, I don't, I'm not as erratic as I used to be. Like I just don't make like volatile decisions. Like, Hey, let's do this. Yeah. I don't just do that now. You know, I'll think yeah. about it and just like kind of weigh my options and make a decision based on, based on like logical facts, as opposed to my, my, like, you know, my erratic emotions in the moment. It mm. made that make sense. Yeah. There's a theme with your videos. I noticed that like guilt comes up a lot. Can you talk about how guilt is weaponized against the person that the narcissist might be in a relationship with? Oh yeah, like that's that's, that's one of the things I say. I did a video the other days. Like guilt, will guilt, like your guilt can be used against you. Like if I can, if I can create just a semblance of guilt in you, it's like like you gave up on us. Like you, like. I didn't break up with you. You broke up with me. Now our family has torn is torn apart because you decided to do this. Now you feel a little guilty, like damn. Like, now my kids had to go up to two households. Now uh, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? Could I could I you know? Now in your brain it's like you don't know what to do. It's like it's just guilt and confusion. Like it's not you not you shouldn't even feel guilty about that making the decision that's gonna be best for you. But like if I can create, uh, if I can use a little bit of guilt, you know, about especially if I share some trauma with you, like, look, this is what I went through as a kid. Like, I have abandonment issues, and you were just adding to that now by abandoning me. Like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to add to those issues. I don't want to add to his trauma. Like, so you don't leave. Now you stay. Now you still, you still unhappy, but now you don't leave because you don't want to be guilty. And I see like people like un, un, like the threat of like unaliving themselves is like prevalent with narcissists. Like if you leave me, I'm just going. There's no point in me living anymore. And they use it like oh, that's that's so that's so. I hate that so much. Like it's so weaponized. It's like there's no point in me living anymore. If you if you leave me, I'm just gonna you know I'm done with living. You know. And mm. I hate I, that's one of the things I hate. I, that's one of my like kind of my like, my triggers. You know, because I hate seeing like that weaponized against people. Like. Mm, yeah. it's not your responsibility to keep somebody alive you're not an paramedic or are you right right you are. <laughs> yeah yeah if you and, are then, you know. <laughs> yeah right. i've seen that you're also a huge propo- proponent of no contact can you explain why no contact is something that you kind of recommend versus some of the other methods like gray rocking or whatever else is out there no contact works you know i think gray rocking works to like when you get out of a relationship to get out of a relationship to, to like break the bonds and things like that but i think no contact is the best way when you get out of a relationship especially if you don't have kids like just don't like don't contact me because like especially don't meet up with me in person like i know it's hard to just block somebody but like if you meet up with me in person it's a lot harder to say no to my face you like you know it's a lot I mean, it's just human nature like you don't want to see somebody that you love and care about for so long like in person boohoo crying because you lost them. You're like, please, I'll, I'll change. Please, you know, it's hard for you to say no unless you stone face. Unless you got down, went through it. You're like, look, no. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> if you can look at my face and say no. I got tears and snot running my eyes. Like you a soldier. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no. I said no. I'm still saying no. You know, you can do that. Then. Hey, <laughs> you can do that. If you're a soldier. You know what I mean? I just know it's tough on people to do that. You know. Yeah. Like, like, this slowly like no it's hard to go cold turkey you know what i mean it's there it's, it's so hard to go cold turkey you know just with anything it's like with any addiction I, i've heard like the, the narcissists become addictive to you so it's just like with any addiction it's hard to go cold turkey so you need to like find a support system and like definitely no contact block it block me because you don't block me i'm gonna i'm gonna hammer away at you you know just like, 
If I hit this piece of coal enough, this diamond's going to open up. Hey, it's diamond in there. You know? It's like the cat scratching on the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All day. Later. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it is, though, you know? Mm. So no contact is, like, the best because, like, if you break, if you can break the bond with no contact, it's like, it's going to hurt at first from what I hear. But, like, on my end, it's going to hurt anyway. Like, so this motherfucker like, I want to contact you. I'm gonna get you back in my life. So if you like, and it hurts me not hearing from people. But like, if you can go no contact, like, and get through the barrage and stuff that I put you through, then like, you, you can win. But like, if you respond and like, it's like relapsing. And I get to this so much. Like, I was no contact for three weeks, and I just relapsed because it was Easter. Mm. I just I just had to wish this person a happy Easter or or a happy birthday or something like that. And like, and that like, when you break no contact, you can get your feelings hurt really, really bad. Right. Like really bad. Yeah. Right. So you gotta be careful with that no contact stuff. Like, stay stay the course. Because if you don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how yeah. I feel. You know? Yeah, there's really no um, no gray area. Uh, it sounds like with the no contact, it's like you don't like don't dip a toe. <laughs> like, yeah, don't, yeah, don't be friends with me, God. Like, don't, like, <laughs> like, can, I, can I still be friends with my narcissistic ex? Why would you want to be friends with me? Like somebody that put you through hell, you want to be friends? With me? <laughs> you really want to be my friend? Okay, okay, bestie. <laughs> I got this girl. I got this girl. I'm going to see tomorrow night. What's the best way I can treat her better than I, than I treated you? <laughs> Answer that question. Hey, we're besties, though, right? We're friends. Answer that question. You don't love me anymore. Mm. Be my friend and help me help me treat this other girl better. Like you don't want to do that, <laughs> right? Just, just go away, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it sounds like the relationship you have with your wife is so um so rare. Well, I mean, you being a self-aware narcissist is is rare. Yeah. Um but that whole Dr. Romani was talking about that you you can't win with a narcissist is like the overarching thing that happens a lot of the time. Yeah. Um and you saying <laughs> like you being like you want to be friends with me. That's so interesting because when I think that if you were to start devaluing somebody and then they were to want to stay, it, does it? It seems like that almost becomes unattractive to you because you're like, well, why don't you respect yourself enough yeah, yeah, it, to it, leave? It, However, if they leave, then you're like, well, now I, but don't leave me. Yeah, like, don't, it's that- <laughs> let me leave you. Yeah, don't leave me. Uh, <laughs> let me okay. leave you. Don't leave me. Like you let me let me let me dip first. They like don't abandon me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's what it's so hard to get you back. Even though they devalue devalue you to a point where you like don't care anymore. Like, let me leave you. Don't don't leave me because it's still the same. It still has the same effect as like leaving me fresh. You know. Yeah. Um, wow. you know, I think the relationship with my wife is like it's still. I have to win, but it's like more and more along the lines of like win win. You know, like. I kind of like it's kind of a win-win situations. Like I present arguments and stuff like that. Like, will I lose? Will I lose? Crazy, yeah. You know, like I think I win by still by being able to talk about it. So I, I still win. You know, I still win. Like, did I lose? Like, was my point stupid? Like, yeah, it's kind of stupid. Like, I won. By, <laughs> I won by talking about it. Like, I still win. You know, I won. Yay! You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you share how a narcissist might apologize to you? Yeah. I'm. I've, I've, I've said this to my wife before. She's like, I was, I was like, look, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry your feelings are hurt, but like, I can't help that I'm such a good arguer. You know, I, I'm, I've just been <laughs> arguing my whole life. Like, sorry. I'm truly sorry for that. Like, I can't help it, you know? 
I came from the street. I have been arguing my whole life. <laughs> the LeBron of arguing. I've got great numbers. What do you want from me? <laughs> I've been I've been patting these stats for a long time. Like, <laughs> I'm undefeated arguments in my brain. <laughs> wow. But like an, an, an apology from a narcissist, like literally, it's, it's a lot of times it's going to be either backhanded or it's going to be uh, or it's to gain something. Like if we're arguing and you are and you are right, like. I'm sorry. Like, can you can we can you shut up now? Yeah, can you be quiet about this? Like, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Cool. Peace. Let me watch my movie. Let me let me, let me go. Let me do what I was doing. Sorry. You want, oh, you want to hear me say sorry? You want me to apologize? Okay. Cool. I'm so sorry. Bye. We done. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know. It oh. is. It is weird. It's just funny. I I, I distinctly remember saying that. Though. It's hilarious when I said it. I was like, I'm. So, I'm <laughs> I'm such a good arguer. <laughs> is it a lot of like, I'm sorry you feel that way, but here's where I'm coming from kind of thing too? Yeah, yeah. Like, is there a justification? Yeah, I, have to just, I have to justify it in my brain, you know, just like immediate, immediate justification. It's like a little inkling, you know, it's just like, uh, I think my, my, my therapist called it, called it the spectrum of remorse and the, the spectrum of guilt. Like I don't really, uh, I feel it in the moment, but then I kind of justify it in my brain. So it's just kind of like, eh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, my brain says this, I know you, I know what you're saying. I know logically it makes sense. Well, my brain said this. I'm 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 gonna go with my brain, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so you're saying <clears throat> right before uh Del, you were asking uh your most recent question about the apologizing. Uh you're saying that it hurts you just as much to be left if you're in a love bombing phase with somebody as as if you were also in the devaluation phase with somebody. Like if you've already gone into devaluing somebody or you're in like the beginning, love bombing great, if that person leaves, you're saying that it hurts you the same amount? It is it just hurts regardless. It's just like a well, to, sure, me, right. to me, to me it's like abandonment. Like it's like it might not be at the same level, but it's still abandonment. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. I'm love bombing you, giving you all I got, you ghost me, it hurts. I'm like, damn, what did I do wrong? You know, that hurts. Like mm-hmm. You ghosted this? Damn. <laughs> this is the Prince Ali version of me. Yeah. <laughs> what? You ghosted, like, you see, you see all these elephants and shit I got here dancing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. Um, you mentioned something called, like, plausible deniability and how you can set yourself up for that later on. Can you explain a situation where that might be the case? Where it's like, you can, in the future, you can say, I never said that. But you're oh. kind of saying that in the moment, like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I used to do, I used to do that with my wife. She had these like pair of pants I used to hate. I was like, oh, I can't stand these pants on her. So I would just, always just say like, "You like those pants? Those, those your favorites? So, yeah, I like them." I'm like, "Cool, cool, okay." Every time I see him, every time I see him, I was like, was "Not just like those again, those again." Oh, nice, you know, cool, nice, <laughs> awesome, you know. Like, do you not like these pants? Like I never said I didn't like those pants. You think I don't like them because I talk about them like they're your pants. Like you want to wear them, like go about it. You know, I, I never said you shouldn't wear them or they didn't look good. You <laughs> you created that in your own brain. That was not me. Sorry. Oh my god, my my <laughs> head hurts just hearing that. My that's so hard. Oh, sorry. You know, I didn't. I didn't. But did I say it? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Interesting. That's, that's tough. Is it not oh. true? I did not say that, though, did I? You said it. So, <laughs> what is the, what's the fear of being direct? Like, 
hey, babe, those are not my favorite pants on you. I think you look better in these other pants. Like, what's the fear of kind of just being direct about something like that? Because you can say I said it, you know, and like uh-huh. you, you can't because it, 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 it directly came from me. Because there's no ability to manipulate you later on it. Like if I say that directly, then like I I'll say it now because like I've been in therapy. I'll just say that like, hey, that yeah. I wouldn't say about all the clothes and stuff like that. You know, right? Got a baby and stuff like that. You know, you're beautiful. You know, um, but if I like, because it just gives me the ability to say something different later on in a relationship. Like I, I like I've never said that. You can't hold it against me if I never said it. You know. Like, mm-hmm. so if I say it out loud, if I express myself out loud, you can use it against me to hurt me or to, like, manipulate me possibly. So if I never said it, no, I never said that, Delaney, my wife, <laughs> said, D-Y. I never, like, I never said it out of my mouth. You said it. You created this reality in your head, gaslighting. You know, you gaslit now. You're like, wait, did he really say that? No. Wait. <sighs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> He didn't say it. So he he's right. He never said it. I said this. So do I have image? Do I have body image issues? It's all in my brain. Like now I win. Now you're confusing yourself. You know? I have to do it. I have to, I don't have to say another word now about those pants. <laughs> well, and that's the power of gaslighting too, is that if those sort of situations start to accumulate, then you can start to keep a running tally in your head of all of these times that you were quote unquote wrong or quote yeah. unquote like you know, um, I know misinterpreted. I, I know yeah, I know what I meant. You know, right? What I meant. Misinterpreted what the yeah. sure, yeah, and then that's when people uh, start to completely yeah. doubt themselves and doubt their own sense of uh, of right and wrong and what's yeah. going on in the relationship. It's yeah, gaslighting is it's a really dangerous, slippery slope. It, you cannot Absolutely. prove it. I said that, you know. So it's this right. thought, like, because I didn't say it. You know, you you know what I meant. I know what I meant, but I never said it. So, wow, take, take it for what it is. <laughs> wow, for oh. for the people listening right now, what would you say to somebody who thinks they have NPD, and what would you say to somebody who thinks they're in a narcissistic relationship? What would you say on those both ends of that spectrum to those? So, uh, I feel like if I, if you have NPD, we feel like you have narcissistic traits or tendencies or whatever. I feel like therapy is is hope. You know. Mm. If you don't like mental illnesses approach, or or is it Dr. Romney, or a lot of these other mental health creators, you know, on TikTok and stuff like that, if you don't like their approach, go talk to a therapist. So you can be a personal setting where you can express yourself is more empowering than I, anything I can. I mean, anything I can imagine. Because I, I mean, I say a lot of stuff on TikTok, and I say a lot of stuff on Instagram, but I don't say everything. You know, I don't say everything that's going on in my brain because people don't like people wouldn't like me, but if I say everything that's going on in my brain, you know. And that's cool, but I can say everything's going on in my brain. I can say to my therapist, and she doesn't judge me. You know, she comes, she gives me an explanation how she gives me an explanation behind it. I try to rationalize it in my brain. If it doesn't make sense, I will we'll go over next session. You know, so I feel like therapy is key. Therapy is is power. Therapy is taking. If you are a narcissist, you're all about control and power anyway. So therapy is about taking back your power and control of your own of of your own existence of our own like. Like, why are we here? Therapy is giving yourself the power to have a purpose. Because, like, that's the biggest struggle I think I had before I went to therapy. was, like, I felt like I was, I, I didn't have a purpose. So I was throwing shit at the wall, trying to get it to stay. Like, I'm going to do this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, you know? I feel like therapy has given me the purpose to be who I am now and, and talk talk openly to y'all about how I, how I feel and what I think, you know? Yeah, but people are going to judge me. People will see this and, like, 
he's a narcissist and he's an evil person, you know, even though the stuff I say helps people, you know, um, on the other end of the spectrum, if you're dealing with a narcissist relationship, it's not, it's not, uh, I know you want to try to fix somebody. I know you want to try to help because a lot of people who are in narcissistic relationships, like narcissistic relationships are, are healers and empaths and things like that. You want to try to fix the person because you've given yourself all the love and you've given them all the love and care that you possess. But you've, by, by giving them all these pieces of yourself, you started to lose those pieces of yourself. You can't like, you can't give more to somebody than you, than you give to yourself. So if you are happy giving yourself, giving more to yourself to somebody else than you are to yourself, then stay in your relationship, you know, stay, be happy. You know, if that's your version of happiness, then so be it. I'm not judging anybody. Like cause everybody I talk to does not want to leave their narcissist. I, I, you know, cool. Right. Everybody's game. If you can, if you make it work, if that's your, if that's your prerogative, cool. I'm not, I'm not here to judge nobody. I don't judge. People don't judge me, but I'm not here to judge anybody, but like, Stand in your strength and learn to love yourself more like than you love the other person because like self-love is so empowered, like self-love on both ends of the spectrum is so it gives you your power. Like if you feel like you can stand if you not if you're not being gaslit or manipulated or getting your ass beat or anything like that, like, like you can can you make it work? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If somebody told my wife to leave, she'd have left, you know, I probably wouldn't be who I am right now, you know. But yeah. if you are like Everybody is not me though. Like I'm just like always like I'm always like in like I just I'm so inquisitive and logical. I I want to know why I do what I do anyway, you know. My like a lot of narcissists have addictions. My addiction is the human brain and how it works and how it functions, like why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like my addiction is people. Like what makes you tick? You know, I want to know how you tick. Like why you why do you love this person so much? Like why can't you let go? You know, I, I like that's that's my yeah, I love that feeling. I'm like I'm just inquisitive, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's self-love is best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love that. Lee, this is, I mean, this might be one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah. We've been doing the podcast for almost coming up years. on four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've done over Great. 200 episodes. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. Really, really interesting. And God, thank you for being, for, doing what you do online and for coming on to um, our show and opening up to our listeners. And uh, yeah, thank you. You're yeah. wonderful. Changing that's a lot of lives. And yeah, that's the goal. We made. world I'm needs you. you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. It's one of Tony Robbins. It's one of Tony Robbins. Thing, one of Tony Rob- I watch a lot of, I watch and listen to a lot of Tony Robbins. He says, if you help more people, like the more people you help, the more you help yourself. So that's all, that's all I'm been about anyway. So it's just kind of like, hey, I'm helping. The more people yeah. I help, like, I am becoming, I am getting better at this. You know, right. like I, I like doing this. I like to, I like talking openly about it. Like it's, it feels like I can be myself. Like I can talk to y'all openly and talk. Me. I don't tell y'all the crazy, the wild craziness. To, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it gets deeper, you know. But like, yeah. Um, I feel like this is my platform to be able to be open and be myself and talk to people, you know, and mm-hmm. help people. Like, by me just talking about myself, I'm helping others. So it's kind of like a win-win, you know, win-win. For sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and where can people find you to keep learning more about all of this? So if you are on TikTok, it's, uh, I'm at mental illness, like heal, like H-E-A-L-N-E-S-S, mental illness. On TikTok, I'm on uh, Instagram as mental underscore illness. I'm on Twitter as mental illness as well, but I don't tweet as much, you know. Um, YouTube, I have a uh, a YouTube channel, uh, mental illness, but I have a, a section a segment I'm doing called the Narcissist Code. 
I'm writing a book called The Narcissist Code as well. It's going to be out here pretty soon. It's going to be fire. Wow. It's be Congrats. So Amazing. All, all, all this podcast verbalized and some inner, it's going to be, it's deep. I already, it's going to be fire. Awesome. <laughs> it's the black is hot, as Lil Wayne said. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish you just the absolute best in, on your journey with this and um, and continuing to to spread awareness and, and helping people. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on, you know, offering me a chance to talk talk about narcissism from a different angle. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, you, it's great to meet you, and I hope that you have an awesome day. All right, likewise. Thank y'all. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, Lee. See ya. Wow. What <laughs> a fucking episode. <laughs> Seriously? I mean... I can't imagine what it's like for him to be experiencing what he's experiencing as far as helping so many people. And on his videos, like all of his platforms, he's often encouraging people to leave their relationship because that person has what he has. Like that's got to be such a crazy, like layered experience yeah, of awareness, to right? Kind of be <laughs> straddling that line all the time and like almost like playing for both teams. Yes, right? exactly. And listening to the Dr. Romney episode, that was like a protein shake's worth of NPD information. I mean, it was just packed full yeah. of, of so many questions answered. And then this one, so many questions were answered with Lee. And yet I still, I'm oh like- Oh my gosh, endless questions. Endless <laughs> questions where you just, you could keep going. And, and so listeners, if- this seems to be a topic that has resonated a lot with you. And if yeah. you want us to try and have Dr. Romney on again, if you want us to try and have Lee on again, send us your your questions and um, your experiences. And we are happy to make this one of those kind of like yeah. ongoing here and there things that we dip back into and learn more about. Thank oh, you man. again to Lee for coming on and being so vulnerable wow so yeah oh and one of his one of his videos somebody had a question like you hype so many women up you know who are leaving relationships and stuff do you ever hype your wife up <laughs> and then right. there's a video there's a video of him singing to his wife like encouraging her what is that so, you know that song that he's always using in his videos i love it where it's like get that degree do 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 i'm not cool oh. i don't know the song you know what i'm you know what I'm talking it's like about. a baby shark song i don't i don't, I don't know. know what a baby shark is but yeah, it's a great song. And he uses it anytime he's like showing you a message of somebody saying, thank you so much. Like I left the relationship oh. or I'm strong. It's I, I'll have to think of this. I don't know. I have to listen to the lyrics. But I thought that was really um, I thought that was a pretty funny one. Yeah. And it's watching him get emotional thinking about his son. Mm -hmm. which is His first born son and that his son went through those really hard times with him. That's interesting too because it sounds like so many things uh, that people bring up with NPD is that they are um, sometimes incapable of <clears throat> feeling empathy or emotion right. in that way. And I will be interested to understand more about his journey as he goes forward because that's a question. To, uh, again, we have so many other questions now, but I'm right. like, I wonder, do you think you would have had that sort of emotional response before therapy? Right. Or do you feel like you are, is that part of your growth or is that something that's always there and you can tap into that sort of empathy for your child in that way? And man, 
Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing to see all the people writing into him because it's like one, you know, one thing he shares, it's a message from somebody who's saying, thank you for helping me realize what was going on and leave my relationship. And the next message is, thank you so much for making me feel like I'm not alone. I'm, I also have NPD. Like the impact he's having on all ends of this spectrum is yeah. uh, truly remarkable. I loved talking with him. Yeah, um, We do have a quotable uh, for this episode. And this is was submitted by Helpster Amanda on Patreon. It is a Robin Williams quote. And it says, I used to think the worst thing in life was to end up all alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel all alone. Oh, by Robin Williams. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, and if you want to submit a quotable that will get read right on the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And that quote is so spot on with this episode, I think, because uh, people with MPDs talk about how alone they feel in mm -hmm. it. And then survivors of NPD abuse talk about how alone they feel to go through yeah. those symptoms and side effects of it as well. It's sad on both ends, no matter, you know, which end of the spectrum you're talking about. And, yeah. um, you know, we have an immense amount of compassion for anybody who is has dealt with this or is dealing with this on either end. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, we also have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from LPF 2018. It says, I love this. I feel like these girls are so honest and real, and I love hearing their take on all things self-help, especially during the pandemic. There is so much clutter when it comes to finding ways to self-help slash self-care, but I feel like I can trust these girls to share good tools. I look forward to it every week. Oh, thank you. Uh, very sweet. Thank you so much. I'm glad you feel that Thanks. we're a good resource for weeding out things, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, All right. do you have um, any plugs or hot yeah, things happening? Um, I just would like to uh, continue to share my tour dates. I You can get tickets at KelseyCook.com. I'm coming to Washington, D.C. Uh, May 13th through the 15th. And then I am at the um, Comedy Club of Kansas City May 20th through the 22nd. So many other tour dates. Just uh, head to KelseyCook.com or you can follow me on Kelsey Cook Comedy on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I love seeing helpsters come out. So I think by the time this episode comes out, I will have just finished my weekend at Tacoma Comedy Club. So um, if you came out to that, thank you very much. Awesome. And I just want to let you know, I'm, I email back and forth with helpsters all the time with our listeners. So if you're interested in connecting, you can head over to delaneyfisher.com. And even though I'm not on social media, I still do have an email list, um, a lot of free resources on there. If you're curious, I've been getting messages from people who have been using the resume template that I have on there. And they're talking about the fact that they got more interviews immediately. And a lot of them are getting the jobs they really want. So that, Whoa. that means so much to me. Um, yeah, so feel free to check out all those things and we'll email, email back and forth to say hello. And my email list also gets first dibs on those two free calls I offer every week. So those are the people finding out um, when those types of opportunities are available, as well as, um, you know, other exclusive kind of offers or programs I might be doing. Nice. Yes. All right, guys. Hi, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can go follow Lee um, at Mental Healness on TikTok, and we yeah. will talk to you next week. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram.